0: Cyrano de Bergerac by Edmond Rostand. Act 4. The Cadets of Gascon. The post occupied by the company of Carbon de Castel Jaloux at the siege of Arras. In the background, a rampart traversing the entire scene. Beyond this, and apparently below, a plain stretches away to the horizon. The country is cut up with earthworks and other suggestions of the siege. In the distance, against the skyline, the houses and the walls of Arras, Tents, scattered weapons, drums, etc. It is near daybreak, and the east is yellow with approaching dawn. Sentries at intervals. Campfires. Curtain rise discovers the cadets asleep, rolled in their cloaks. Carbon de Casteljalou and Lebrey keep watch. They are both very thin and pale. Christian is asleep among the others, wrapped in his cloak in the foreground, his face lighted by the flickering fire. Silence. Libre. Horrible. Carbon. Why, yes, all of that. Libre. Mordius. Carbon. Gesture toward the sleeping cadets. Swear gently. You might wake them. To the cadets. Go to sleep. Hush. To Libre. Who sleeps, dines. Le Bray, I have insomnia. God, what a famine! Firing off stage. Carbon, curse that musketry. They'll wake my babies. To the men, go to sleep. A cadet rouses. Diante again? Carbon, no, only Cyrano coming home. The heads which have been raised sink back again. A sentry off stage, halt! Who goes there? Voice of Cyrano, Bergerac. The sentry on the parapet, halt! Who goes? Cyrano appears on the parapet, Bergerac, idiot. Lebray goes to meet him. Thank God again. Cyrano signs to him not to wake anyone. Hush, Lebray. Wounded, Cyrano. No, they always miss me. Quite a habit by this time. Lebray. Yes, go right on. Risk your life every morning before breakfast to send a letter. Cyrano stops near Christian. I promised he should write every single day. Looks down at him. Hm. The boy looks pale when he is asleep. Thin, too. Starving to death. If that poor child knew. Handsome, nonetheless. Le Bray. Go and get some sleep. Cyrano. Affectionately. Now, now, you old bear. No growling. I'm careful. You know I am. Every night when I cross the Spanish lines, I wait until they are all drunk. Lebray, You might bring something with you. Cyrano. I have to travel light to pass through. By the way, there will be news for you today. The French will eat or die if what I saw means anything. Lebray, tell us, Cyrano. No, I am not sure. We shall see. Carbon, what a war! When the besiegers starve to death, Lebray, fine war, fine situation. We besiege Arras. THE CARDINAL PRINCE OF SPAIN BESIEGES US, AND HERE WE ARE. CYRANO. SOMEONE MIGHT BESIEGE HIM. CARBON. A HUNGRY JOKE. CYRANO. HO HO. LABRE. YES, YOU CAN LAUGH. RISKING A LIFE LIKE YOURS TO CARRY LETTERS. WHERE ARE YOU GOING NOW? CYRANO. AT THE TENT DOOR. TO WRITE ANOTHER. GOES INTO TENT. A LITTLE MORE DAYLIGHT. THE CLOUDS REDDEN. The town of Arras shows on the horizon. A cannon shot is heard, followed immediately by a roll of drums far away to the left. Other drums beat a little nearer. The drums go on answering each other here and there, approach, beat loudly, almost on the stage, and die away toward the right, across the camp. The camp awakes. Voices of officers in the distance. Carbon sighs. Those drums. Another good, nourishing sleep gone to the devil. The cadets rouse themselves. Now then. First cadet. Sits up. Yawns. God, I'm hungry. Second cadet. Starving. All of them groan. Carbon. Up with you. Third cadet. Not another step. Fourth cadet. Not another movement. First cadet. Look at my tongue. I said this air was indigestible. Fifth cadet, my coronet for half a pound of cheese. Seventh cadet, I have no stomach for this war. I'll stay in my tent, like Achilles. Another, yes, no bread, no fighting. Carbon, Cyrano. Others, may as well die. Carbon, come out here. You know how to talk to them. Get them laughing. Second Cadet rushes up to first Cadet who is eating something. What are you gnawing there? First Cadet. Gunwads and axle grease. Fat country this around Eris Another enters. I've been out hunting another enters. I went fishing in the scarp. All leaping up and surrounding the newcomers. Find anything? Any fish, any game, perch, partridges? Let me look. The fisherman. Yes. One gudgeon. Shows it. The hunter. One fat sparrow. Shows it. All. Ah, see here, this mutiny. Carbon, Cyrano, come and help. Cyrano enters from the tent. Well? Silence. To the first cadet who is walking away with his chin on his chest. You there with the long face. First cadet, I have something on my mind that troubles me. Cyrano, what is that? First cadet, my stomach. Cyrano, so have I. First cadet, no doubt you enjoy this. Cyrano tightens his belt. It keeps me looking young. Second cadet, my teeth are growing rusty. Cyrano, Sharpen them. Third Cadet. My belly sounds as hollow as a drum. Cyrano. Beat the long roll on it. Fourth Cadet. My ears are ringing. Cyrano. Liar. A hungry belly has no ears. Fifth Cadet. Oh, for a barrel of good wine. Cyrano. Offers him his own helmet. Your cask. Sixth Cadet. I'll swallow anything. Cyrano throws him the book which he has in his hand. Try the Iliad. Seventh cadet. The cardinal. He has four meals a day. What does he care? Cyrano. Ask him. He really ought to send you. A spring lamb out of his flock. Roasted whole. The cadet. Yes. And a bottle. Cyrano exaggerates the manner of one speaking to a servant. If you please, Richelieu, a little more of the red seal. Ah, thank you. The cadet. And the salad. Cyrano. Of course, Romaine. Another cadet, shivering. I am as hungry as a wolf. Cyrano tosses him a cloak. Put on your sheep's clothing. First cadet, with a shrug. Always the clever answer. Cyrano, always the answer. Yes. Let me die so, under some rosy golden sunset, saying a good thing for a good cause. By the sword, the point of honor, by the hand of one worthy to be my foeman, let me fall, steel in my heart, and laughter on my lips. Voices here and there. All very well. We are hungry, Cyrano. Bah! You think of nothing but yourselves. His eye singles out the old piper in the background. Here, Bertrand du. You were a shepherd once. Your pipe now. Come, breathe, blow, play to these belly worshippers the old airs of the south. Airs with a smile in them. Airs with a sigh in them. Airs with the breeze and the blue of the sky in them. Small, demure tones whose every note is like a little sister. Songs heard only in some long, silent voice, not quite forgotten. Mountain melodies, like thin smoke rising from brown cottages in the still noon. Slowly. Quaint lullabies, whose very music has a southern tongue. The old man sits down and prepares his fife. Now let the fife, that dry old warrior, dream, while over the stops your fingers dance a minuet of little birds. Let him dream beyond ebony and ivory. Let him remember he was once a reed out of the river, and recall the spirit of innocent, untroubled country days. The fifer begins to play a Provencal melody. Listen, you Gascons, now it is no more the shrill fife. It is the flute, through woodlands far away, calling. No longer the hot battle cry, but the cool, quiet pipe our goat herds play. Listen, the forest glens, the hills, the downs, the green sweetness of night on the Dordogne. Listen, you Gascons, it is all Gascon. Every head is bowed, every eye cast down. Here and there a tear is furtively brushed away with the back of a hand, the corner of a cloak. Carbon, softly, to Cyrano. You make them weep, Cyrano, for homesickness, a hunger more noble than that hunger of the flesh. It is their hearts now that are starving. Carbon, yes but you melt down their manhood. Cyrano motions the drummer to approach. You think so. Let them be. There is iron in their blood, not easily dissolved in tears. You need only—he makes a gesture. The drum beats. All spring up and rush toward their weapons. What's that? Where is it? What? Cyrano smiles. You see? Let Mars snore in his sleep once— and farewell, Venus, sweet dreams, regrets, dear thoughts of home. All the fife lulls to rest, wakes at the drums. A cadet looks upstage. Aha, Monsieur de Guiche. The cadets mutter among themselves. Ugh, Cyrano smiles. Flattering murmur. A cadet. He makes me weary. Another, with his collar of lace over his corselet. Another, like a ribbon tied round a sword. Another, bandages for a boil on the back of his neck. Second cadet, a courtier, always. Another, the cardinal's nephew, Carbone. Nonetheless, a Gascon. First cadet, a counterfeit. Never you trust that man. Because we Gascon's look you are all mad. This fellow is reasonable nothing more dangerous than a reasonable Gascon. Le Bray. He looks pale. Another. Oh, he can be hungry, too, like any other poor devil. But he wears so many jewels on that belt of his that his cramps glitter in the sun. Cyrano, quickly. Is he to see us looking miserable? Quick. Pipes. Cards. Dice. They all hurriedly begin to play on their stools on the drums, and on their cloaks spread on the ground, lighting their long pipes. Meanwhile, as for me, I read Descartes. He walks up and down, reading a small book which he takes from his pocket tableau de Guiche enters, looking pale and haggard. All are absorbed in their games general air of contentment. de Guiche goes to Carbon. They look at each other askance, each observing with satisfaction the condition of the other. de Guiche good morning, aside he looks yellow, carbon same business. he is all eyes. De Guiche looks at the cadets. What have we here? Black looks, yes, gentlemen, I am informed I am not popular the hill nobility, barons of Béarn, the pomp and pride of Perigord. I learn they disapprove their colonel. Call him courtier, politician. They take it ill that I cover my steel with the lace of Genoa. It is a great offense to be a Gascon and not to be a beggar. Silence. They smoke, they play. Well, shall I have your captain punish you? No. Carbon. As to that, it would be impossible. De Guiche. Oh! Carbon. I am free. I pay my company. It is my own. I obey military orders. De Guiche. Oh, that will be quite enough. To the cadets. I can afford your little hates. My conduct under fire is well known. It was only yesterday I drove the Count de Beauquois from Bapaume. Pouring my men down like an avalanche, I myself led the charge. Cyrano, without looking up from his book. And your white scarf. de Guiche, surprised and gratified. You heard that episode. Yes. Rallying my men for the third time, I found myself carried among a crowd of fugitives into the enemy's lines. I was in danger of being shot or captured, but I thought quickly— took off, and flung away the scarf that marked my military rank, and so, being inconspicuous, escaped among my own force, rallied them, returned again, and won the day. The cadets do not appear to be listening, but here and there the cards and the dice-boxes remain motionless, the smoke is retained in their cheeks. What do you say to that? Presence of mind, yes? Cyrano. Henry of Navarre, being outnumbered, never flung away his white plume. Silent enjoyment. The cards flutter, the dice roll, the smoke puffs out. De Guiche, My device was a success, however. Same attentive pause, interrupting the games and the smoking. Cyrano. Possibly. An officer does not lightly resign the privilege of being a target. Cards, dice, and smoke fall, roll, and float away with increasing satisfaction. Now, if I had been there, your courage and my own differ in this. When your scarf fell, I should have put it on. De Guiche. Boasting again. Cyrano. Boasting. Lend it to me tonight. I'll lead the first charge with your scarf over my shoulder. De Guiche. Gasconade once more. You are safe making that offer, and you know it. My scarf lies on the river bank between the lines, a spot swept by artillery, impossible to reach alive. Cyrano produces the scarf from his pocket. Yes, here. Silence. The cadets stifle their laughter behind their cards and their dice boxes. De Guiche turns to look at them. Immediately they resume their gravity and their game. One of them whistles carelessly the mountain air which the fifer was playing. De Guiche takes the scarf. "'Thank you. That bit of white is what I need to make a signal. I was hesitating. You have decided me.' He goes up to the parapet, climbs upon it, and waves the scarf at arm's length several times. "'All. What is he doing?' What? The sentry on the parapet. There's a man down there, running away. De Guiche, descending. A Spaniard, very useful as a spy to both sides. He informs the enemy as I instruct him. By his influence, I can arrange their dispositions. Cyrano. Traitor. De Guiche, folding the scarf. A traitor, yes, but useful. We were saying. Oh, yes. Here is a bit of news for you. Last night, we had hopes of reprovisioning the army. Under cover of the dark, the Marshal moved to Dorlen. Our supplies are there. He may reach them. But to return safely, he needs a large force, at least half our entire strength. At present, we have here merely a skeleton. Carbon. Fortunately, the Spaniards do not know that. De Guiche. "'Oh, yes, they know. They will attack. Carbon Ah! De Guiche. From that spy of mine, I learned of their intention. His report will determine the point of their advance. The fellow asked me what to say. I told him, "'Go out between the lines. Watch for my signal. Where you see that, let them attack there.'" Carbon to the cadets. "'Well, gentlemen,' All rise, noise of sword belts and breastplates being buckled on. De Guiche, you may have perhaps an hour. First Cadet, oh, an hour? They all sit down and resume their games once more. De Guiche, to Carbon, the great thing is to gain time. Any moment the marshal may return. Carbon, and to gain time? De Guiche, you will all be so kind as to lay down your lives. Cyrano. Ah, your revenge. De Guiche. I make no great pretense of loving you. But, since you gentlemen esteem yourselves invincible, the bravest of the brave, and all that, why need we be personal? I serve the king in choosing as I choose. Cyrano salutes. Sir, Permit me to offer all our thanks. De Guiche returns the salute. You love to fight a hundred against one. Here's your opportunity. He goes upstage with Carbon. Cyrano to the cadets. My friends, we shall add now to our old Gascon arms with their six chevrons, blue and gold, a seventh, blood-red. Guiche talks in a low tone to Carbon upstage. Orders are given. The defense is arranged. Cyrano goes to Christian, who has remained motionless, with folded arms. Christian lays a hand on his shoulder. Christian shakes his head. Roxanne. Cyrano. Yes. Christian. I should like to say farewell to her, with my whole heart written for her to keep— Cyrano, I thought of that. Takes a letter from his doublet. I have written your farewell. Christian, Show me. Cyrano, You wish to read it. Christian, Of course. He takes the letter, begins to read, looks up suddenly. What? Cyrano, What is it? Christian, Look, this little circle. Cyrano takes back the letter quickly and looks innocent. "'Circle?' "'Christian.' "'Yes. A tear.' "'Cyrano.' "'So it is. Well, a poet, while he writes, is like a lover in his lady's arms, believing his imagination. All seems true, you understand. There's half the charm of writing. Now, this letter, as you see, I have made so pathetic— That I wept while I was writing it. Christiane, you wept. Cyrano, why, yes, because it is a little thing to die, but not to see her, that is terrible. And I shall never, Christiane looks at him, we shall never, quickly, you will never, Christiane snatches the letter, give me that. Noise in the distance on the outskirts of the camp. Voice of a sentry. Halt! Who goes there? Shots, shouting, jingle of harness. Carbon, what is it? The sentry on the parapet. Why, a coach. They rush to look. Confused voices. What? In the camp, a coach? Coming this way. It must have driven through the Spanish lines. What the devil? Fire! No! Hark! The driver shouting, What does he say? Wait, he said, On the service of the king. They are all on the parapet looking over. The jingling comes nearer. De Guiche, Of the king? They come down and fall into line. Carbon, Hats off, all. De Guiche speaks off stage. The king? Fall in, rascals. The coach enters at full trot. It is covered with mud and dust. The curtains are drawn. Two footmen are seated behind. It stops suddenly. Carbon shouts, Beat the assembly! Roll of drums. All the cadets uncover. De Guiche, Lower the steps. Open the door. Two men rush to the coach. The door opens. Roxanne comes out of the coach. Good morning! At the sound of a woman's voice, every head is raised. Sensation. De Guiche, on the king's service? You? Roxanne, yes, my own king, love. Cyrano, aside. God is merciful. Christiane hastens to her. You? Why have you? Roxanne, your war lasted so long. Christiane, but why? Roxanne, not now. Cyrano, aside, I wonder if I dare to look at her. De Guiche, you cannot remain here. Roxanne, why, certainly, roll that drum here, somebody. She sits on the drum which is brought to her. Thank you. There, she laughs. Would you believe they fired upon us? My coach looks like the pumpkin in the fairy tale, does it not? And my footman, she throws a kiss to Christiane, "'How do you do?' "'She looks about. "'How serious you all are! "'Do you know, it is a long drive here from Arras? "'Sees Cyrano. "'Cousin, I am glad to see you.' "'Cyrano advances. "'Oh, how did you come?' "'Roxanne.' "'How did I find you?' "'Very easily. "'I followed where the country was laid waste. "'Oh, but I saw such things I had to see to believe.' "'Gentlemen, is that the service of your king? "'I prefer my own.' "'Cyrano. "'But how did you come through?' "'Roxanne. "'Why, through the Spanish lines, of course.' First Cadet. "'They let you pass?' "'De Guiche. "'What did you say? "'How did you manage?' "'Le Bray, "'Yes, that must have been difficult.' "'Roxanne. "'No, I simply drove along.' Now and then, some hidalgo scowled at me, and I smiled back my best smile. Whereupon, the Spaniards being, without prejudice to the French, the most polished gentlemen in the world, I passed. Carbon, Certainly that smile should be a passport. Did they never ask your errand or your destination? Roxanne, Oh, frequently. Then I drooped my eyes and said, I have a lover. Whereupon the Spaniard, with an air of ferocious dignity, would close the carriage door, with such a gesture as any king might envy, wave aside the muskets that were leveled at my breast, fall back three paces, equally superb in grace and gloom, draw himself up, thrust forth a spur under his cloak, sweeping the air with his long plumes, bow very low and say, "'Pass, senorita.' Christian, but Roxanne, Roxanne, I know. I said a lover, but you understand. Forgive me if I said I'm going to meet my husband. No one would believe me. Christian, yes, but Roxane, what then? De Guiche, you must leave this place, Cyrano, at once. Roxanne, I, Lebray. Yes, immediately. Roxanne. And why? Christian, embarrassed. Because, Cyrano, same. In half an hour, De Guiche, same. Or three quarters, Carbon, same. Perhaps it might be better, Libray, if you, Roxanne. Oh, I see. You are going to fight. I remain here. All. No! Roxanne, he is my husband. Throws herself in Christian's arms. I will die with you. Christian, your eyes. Why do you. Roxanne, you know why. De Guiche, desperate. This post is dangerous. Roxanne turns. How dangerous? Cyrano, the proof is we are ordered. Roxanne to De Guiche. Oh, you wish to make a widow of me. De Guiche. On my word of honor. Roxanne. No matter. I am just a little mad. I will stay. It may be amusing. Cyrano. What? A heroine, our intellectual. Roxanne. Monsieur de Bergerac, I am your cousin. A cadet. We'll fight now. Hooray! Roxanne, more and more excited. I am safe with you, my friends. Another, carried away. The whole camp breathes of lilies. Roxanne, and I think this hat would look well on the battlefield. But perhaps, looks at De Guiche, the count ought to leave us. Any moment now, there may be danger. De Guiche, this is too much. I must inspect my guns. I shall return. You may change your mind. There will yet be time. Roxanne. Never. De Guiche goes out. Christian, imploring. Roxanne. Roxanne. No. First Cadet, to the rest. She stays here. All rushing about, elbowing each other, brushing off their clothes. A comb. Soap. Here's a hole in my. "'A needle! Who has a ribbon? Your mirror! Quick! My cuffs! A razor!' Roxanne to Cyrano, who is still urging her. "'No! I shall not stir one step!' Carbon, having, like the others, tightened his belt, dusted himself, brushed off his hat, smoothed out his plume, and put on his lace cuffs, advances to Roxanne ceremoniously. "'In that case!' May I not present to you some of these gentlemen who are to have the honor of dying in your presence? Roxanne bows. Please. She waits, standing on the arm of Christian, while Carbon presents Bear with me for these names. Baron de Periscousse de Colignac. The cadet salutes. Madame. Roxanne. Monsieur. Carbon continues. Baron de Castorac de Cauzac, vidame de Malguir Estresac Lesba d'Escarabio. The vidame, Madame. Carbon, Chevalier Dantignac-Jusé, Baron Ilo de blagnac sale de castel Crabule. The Baron, Madame. Roxanne, How many names you all have! The Baron, Hundreds. Carbon to Roxanne. Open the hand that holds your handkerchief. Roxanne opens her hand. The handkerchief falls. Why? The whole company makes a movement toward it. Carbon picks it up quickly. My company was in want of a banner. We have now the fairest in the army. Roxanne, smiling. Rather small. Carbon fastens the handkerchief to his lance. Lace and embroidered. A cadet to the others. With her smiling on me, I could die happy. If I only had something in my Carbon turns upon him—Shame on you. Feast your eyes, and forget your—Roxanne, quickly. It must be this fresh air. I'm starving. Let me see. Cold partridges, pastry, a little white wine, that would do. Will someone bring that to me? A cadet. Aside. Will someone. Another. Where the devil are we to find? Roxanne. Overhears. Sweetly. Why? There. In my carriage. All. What? Roxanne. All you have to do is to unpack and carve and serve things. Oh. Notice my coachman. You may recognize an old friend. The cadet's rushed to the coach Ragano!